Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated, and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as 20th year at 612 Brisbane. Stories that define Brisbane, seeking the truth, hoping to enthuse and inspire. www.612live.com, 5 to 8 a.m., produced by at B Young Briz. Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, Spencer Harrison. Thank you very much, Steve. Spencer, it's wonderful to be finally sitting down to have a chat with you about this. Can you tell me, in social settings, how do you introduce yourself? <laughs> I've just been... Because I've heard so many of these Humans of Twitter podcasts now. Yes. That question, I think, is brilliant. And when we had you on 612 Breakfast mm. recently as part of the Brisbane Podcast Festival... I asked. I think I commented and said, "I love this this question." Yep. And of course, it's been playing on my mind. So, how do I answer that? Once you know that question's coming, um, generally, I will I will just say, "Hi, I'm Spencer." Mm-hmm. But uh, if I'm in a setting where there's someone who should know that I'm in the media, yeah. then I will make sure that I, so that they don't say anything that I might later. Um, fine comes out of my mouth on radio and then it surprises them. <laughs> I will say Spencer Housen from the ABC, even in a, a social setting. Yes. And so that does have, which might sound a bit weird sometimes, but I think it's worthwhile yeah, getting that out. You would find yourself, particularly with friends that maybe are in positions that you, know, that you learn things from, either you're not learning things from them because of the nature of your role versus theirs or no, no, this is now personal Spencer time. I have to clock off thinking radio, thinking all that stuff so that we can just have a friendly conversation. Friends sharing information with friends. Yeah, but there's always... That's, that may be true, but when you're in the business of reporting, not just news, because mm. I've never been a straight news journalist, but um, reporting the stories that define Brisbane, holding yes. up a mirror to, to Brisbane, then... There are literally stories everywhere, absolutely everywhere. And in every conversation, there's a story. And it's not necessarily the story of that conversation or that person, but yeah. there's a trigger always, constantly. There has to be. And if that doesn't happen for you, if you're not that sort of person who's always observing and always picking up stories, then I think that you're not uh, ideally suited to being in the, the business of, of sharing stories or, or information sharing in the media. Has it caught you out before? Um, oh, probably. I, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, no, I, I can't think instantly of, of an example. Well, where it... Okay, where it uh, quite often uh, used to catch me out... Nikki, my wife, used to work for Channel 9. She's mm-hmm. In fact, she spent 20 years in, in the media producing television at 9 and at the ABC... And has, she's recently moved into the charity sector. She's working for giveit.org.au. Mm-hmm. Um, but when she was working at Channel 9, all of her colleagues, a lot of them, would listen to me on the radio. Sure. And, and so uh, more than a few times, uh, what she thought was pillow talk or a, just a family conversation would Whoops. sometimes come out uh. on the radio and she would all she would often assert that I had exaggerated <laughs> or changed the facts to make the story more interesting which occasionally maybe was true <laughs> but she would she would walk into the uh, into, into her workplace and people mm. would would straight away say so, so Spencer this morning mentioned this or that yeah so that's probably where it's got me in trouble more than more than any other time but I can't be introducing myself as Spencer Housen from the ABC every time I see my wife. She should know by now. Yes, well and but, truly. Yeah. In fact, right, she'll be listen, you know, she will listen to this at some point. Yes. And I'll get in trouble again for even telling that story because <laughs> I've probably got something wrong about that. I probably exaggerated there <laughs> as well. <laughs> the conflict of working oh. with another media professional and living with them and the coexistence would be incredible. Oh, uh, we, I mean, the thing is, I've done breakfast radio for a long time, and she was doing TV news, mm. and so we were never directly competing for stories. I, I did drive for a couple of years, so that, mm. that was 4 till 6 p.m., and, and so we were then both at work, both competing yes. for, the, for the stories of the day. Um, but no, it's, that, it's never really been a problem. Oh, and, and I hear that. I wasn't even necessarily yeah. meaning 
the, the competition, I was more just acknowledging the fact that, yeah, yeah, two media professionals coming home, the debriefing, the dealing, what can I... Acknowledging, not that I don't trust you, but what can I say about what I've learnt today at work that, yeah, might accidentally come out tomorrow morning on 612 Breakfast. Yeah, and it's... I can't think... There was an example recently even though she's not working in, in TV anymore, something that I said, and I think I was, I thought I was representing her. I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> I thought I was representing her accurately. Um, I can't think what it was. I can't think what it was. Just a, a just a, no. D- just a simple little story about, about um, whether, whether she, uh, look, if I even, I'm going to make this up now, Nikki, this is not, this is just for an example, whether you, we should put the bins out, you know, the night before or the yes. next morning. It was just a silly story like that. And, and she, anyway, she said, no, no, you see, you misrepresented me again this morning. It's like, okay. All right. Probably, <laughs> probably yes. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like there's a lot of probably yes. Yeah. 20 years at the ABC, you mm-hmm. would have seen some very significant changes take place. What would be that's affected you the most, the biggest? Mm. When I started, well, twenty years at six twelve, mm. um, and and twenty a uh, couple of years before that in in Rockhampton, of course, two years, twenty three days, and seven hours okay. in Rockhampton. <laughs> Just excuse the cats as they jump all over you. Perfect, that was that's Teddy, the larger of the two. Um, when I, oh, technology, I suppose, obviously, is the big thing, and and so when I started. I never played a record on on the ABC, but we still had record players, and mm-hmm. we had we did have reel to reel tape machines that we would record interviews on and, and use. And then you know computers came in, and people stopped writing and started texting, uh, emailing, and texting. Mm-hmm. And, and now a lot of communication comes via Facebook Messenger or or Twitter DM. So all of that. But I think more recently, what we're doing right now is the big the big thing that's changed. And that is the impact of podcasting. Yes. Um, audio on demand, just as video on demand has become a game changer in television, audio on demand has for us. And it means that, I mean, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts this year because mm-hmm. of a major lifestyle change that I made, which we can get to mm. later if you want to. Um, and I've realized that with podcasts, it doesn't matter when it was recorded. You might be listening to this podcast in 2019 or you might be yep. listening in July 2016. And so there's a lot... We're sort of being encouraged to create content that will have a life and that's the biggest change. So instead of me, what I've always done, I, well, I think, is um, local and, and immediate stories, things mm-hmm. that are happening now, they've got to get on the radio now, we see if we can get that fixed and then we can move on to the next thing. Whereas to get more value for money out of what we do, stories are going to have to be able to be listened to in two years, five years' yeah. time. And that's I'm finding that a challenging notion. That's going to be that's a, that's happening right now. That's a real game changer. It really is, given that the nature of your normal day job is so immediate. That local radio, breakfast radio stuff, the linchpin of the ABC radio brand and particularly plays out in emergencies and, and those sorts of things, to have that, and I think emergencies aside because that's a specialised nature, yeah. the day-to-day role for you with a push towards podcasting or the recognition that we want to have that longer-standing content, how do, you, how do you juggle that in? Yeah, I mean, the, so emergencies or breaking news and sport are the two things that I think will continue to work best in a live mm-hmm. format and the, and the same with television. I mean, yeah. Foxtel's future is based on sport, surely, because you can't, you don't want to watch the football match in two yeah. weeks' time. Not really. Um, and so that sort of live, live new, breaking news and sport is, is going to be a big thing for, for TV as well. But a story that we're doing tomorrow, to give you an example, and this gives you an example of how there are stories everywhere, as I mentioned mm-hmm. before, I, um, Nikki and I were walking around the Botanic Gardens the other day and we walked along the side of a lake and there were some uh, floating pontoons. There were about 40, 50 centimetre square pontoons, mm. three or four of them. I took a photo, sent them to council and said, what are these? Turns out that it's that they're trialling a new method of baiting cane toads. Sure. Um, and so tomorrow morning we're sending a reporter to do a live cross from 
from this experiment at the uh, at the lake. Well, no one's going to want to listen to that audio in five years' time. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, hmm. it's maybe, yeah, but probably not. Depends what happens to the reporter. Um, yes, and and you know, if cane toads take over the world, <laughs> then it might well be it might go viral and be the biggest podcast the ABC's ever produced. Uh, on the other hand, uh, we have um, a, a team of reporters at Six Twelve. They they are listeners. We call them community correspondents. They are volunteers yes. and they contribute stories from community. And one of our community correspondents, Jan Bowman, has uh, who's our West End correspondent, has just filed a story this afternoon about how to survive without a car. Yep. Well, that's perfect to listen yeah. to in five years' time or ten years' time. So um, I need to... My think, I guess if we can have a bit of both at the moment, that's yep. good. If I, if I continue to think uh, now, local and of the moment, and as long as we can start to integrate some of that longer life content, then that's probably good for now. I hope that we don't completely get away from doing local and timely, but I, I, I fear we already are that we're starting to, and it's not, and it's across the media. I think there are fewer and fewer local actual stories being yep. produced now. It's all about what what can get clicks, what can be shared, and what has a longer life outside the local area. What has prompted your recent lifestyle change? Ah, well, the lifestyle change is cycling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's like the mobile phone. I, I said for years and years and years that I would not get a mobile phone. And you can find on YouTube, I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. I probably posted it on YouTube. Um, <laughs> a story that Channel 9 did once on, on a program called Extra that we used to have in Brisbane, a magazine program at 5.30 in the afternoon. Hello to Cutsy, who I'm sure is now listening. Yeah. He'll have just uh, tuned in just based on hearing that somewhere in the binary. Yes. Um... And they did a story with me on why I hate, hate my, hated mobile phones and, and the cameraman held a mobile phone in front of him and chased me through the Queen Street Mall <laughs> and I'm running going, no, get that phone away from me! <laughs> um, now, I can't be with... Look, it's about 90 centimetres from me is my mm. phone, but that's about as far away as I'm comfortable with the phone. Um, and the main, the main reason I change there is I don't treat it as a phone. It's, it's the internet. Yep. It's the internet and it's radio. It's yes. those two things. So I had that big change with mobile phones about four or five years ago, and the other was cycling. And I look, I was I, I didn't cycle from grade seven, when I would have been whatever nine or ten, eleven, till this year, so thirty odd years. And I really had very little respect for cyclists. And if you listen to me on radio, you'd know that. Mm. Um, I don't know why. I, I know that that's sort of a very very um, disappointing answer to the question, which was why, but. Um, I just decided over the summer. I think what happened was, I have one of my, my. I have a flaw, a personality flaw, which is I will make a grand statement that I'm going to do something, yeah, and then I don't, and I'm very well aware of that. And I think I said a couple of times last year, I'm going to take up cycling, mm-hmm. and then over the summer holidays, I thought I'm going to surprise everyone, <laughs> and um, I'm going to buy a bike so that when I come back to work, I actually will have fulfilled that statement from yes. eight months ago. And um, it's just been great. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm, it's probably, what, 4, 4.30 in the afternoon now. And at this time of the afternoon, I'm itching to get on the bike yep. and go for a, a, a 20K ride, which is sort of into town and back. That's 20Ks. Or on the weekend when I can leave a bit earlier in the afternoon, um, 40K ride. Yeah. And I listen to podcasts. And I never listened to podcasts before. But I suddenly appreciate listening to a one and a half hour conversation or a one hour conversation. Yes. The, the pace of that matches perfectly the pace of going for a ride for a couple of hours. Yeah. So I've been. That's why I've been listening to a lot of humans of Twitter. I've been listening to a lot of Osher Ginsberg. Mm. Um, that guy is fantastic. So oh, yeah. I mean, I've never. I mean, I, I remember him from Channel V. I'm aware that he does the. Uh, Dating show, what's it called? The Bachelor. <laughs> the Bachelor, Bachelorette, yes. Which I don't watch. That's all right. You, uh, you're a breakfast morning guy. Uh, right? Yeah, but I, like, I can watch some nighttime TV, but I've never been attracted to that. And Actually, well, you're a breakfast morning guy and you're on the ABC, so it's not really key topics of conversation. No, I, I did acknowledge this morning that MKR finished last night, but <laughs> do you think I could pronounce any of the names of no. the winning t- sisters? No. And, and I should acknowledge that Osha is. Um, 
on Breakfast Radio now in Brisbane on, mm. on Hit 105, uh, where he's attracted, that program has attracted a new fan recently, and Nikki, she, she's mm. really enjoying it. My wife's really enjoying listening to that. Live from Sydney. Is he doing it from Sydney every day? He is at the moment because he's filming The Bachelor. Okay, because he said in the podcast this week that he flew up to Brisbane on Friday to visit family, and I thought, I thought it was the other way around. I thought you would have spent Monday to Friday in Brisbane and flown back to Sydney. Um, so I've not heard him on radio, but the podcast, he is so... Yeah. honest, open, raw about his own health and, and I find that fascinating and the conversations that he has and the Media Week podcast I've been listening to a lot, yep. the Televised Revolution, these are podcasts uh, that I now listen to every week, I don't miss and, and I never wanted to start listening to podcasts. You may not want another podcast on your list, yes. but a great one to dive into. Will Anderson has a number of them, uh, but he has an excellent one that's not unlike this called Willosophy. Okay. Uh, where he sits down with friends, people, important, famous dudes, whatever, and shoots the shit. Uh, he and Osher sat down and delivered an epic, I think it's two and a bit hour oh, wow. episode. Yep. It is an incredible conversation. Mm. The, the openness, the sharing from both of them uh, is really, really good. Welcome to Podcasts with Malkin Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> I... Um... Yeah, I, I don't. I, I listen to them like Osher, Osher with um, ostentatious mm. talking about the Holocaust and what it is to be Jewish. I, I listen and I just think I, I could never be that interesting as a as a guest or an interviewer. That I I I take my hat off to them. Oh, yeah, I, they're yeah they're. I think you undersell yourself, Mister King of Brisbane Radio. Um, no, I don't. Well, that's very kind of you to say that. But I think um, that at a dinner party, mm. I'm probably the most boring person at the table. But I'm, I, I can keep the glasses of wine filled <laughs> and I can put the coffee pot on. That's the best way to be the most interesting <laughs> person at the table, though. If you keep the wine coming. Yeah, it keeps everyone else interesting and then everyone has a good time. Absolutely. Yeah. What challenges you? Well, what challenges me is well there's obviously there's the physical day to day getting up at 3:20 in the morning is a challenge shudder yes um been doing it for 11 years straight 15 years in total and that is a challenge um but i think i've realized a lot of a lot of people have worked with me who have struggled with that and you kind of when you're mm-hmm. doing breakfast radio you have to work twice a day you you get up in the morning and you do the show and then you have to be on again at night time watching the the news yep and you have to, because then you have a look at what your colleagues have done on air during the day. So what what Emma is doing on drive right now, I don't want to be copying tomorrow. So sure. I can't make all my decisions as soon as I come off air about what I'm doing the next day. So those decisions get made at night time. Um, and a lot of people I've realized just can't do that. Can't Can't work twice a day. Can't work every morning and then work again at night, switch on at night. Um, it is a challenge, but that's something that I think I've I've learned that I can do. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest... I was going to save this answer for the passion question because you are going to ask me what I'm passionate about, aren't you? Maybe. maybe <laughs> okay, all right. Well, then I think that to attempt to get a little bit Osher deep then, mm. the, the thing that I think is really challenging me at the moment is lack of diversity um, at... Uh, in the media, at, well, everywhere, but you know, my world is the media and the ABC. Sure. Um, and the fact that I am part of the problem, mm-hmm. that, that as a middle-aged white man, I'm part of the problem. Um, we had a conference recently, a, radio, a local radio, ABC local radio conference in Brisbane, and I sat there at the beginning of day one and watched one middle-aged white man after oh, another yep. get up and speak. One after another after another... And I looked around the room, and I think we have gender covered mm. at the ABC. There's 50-50 men and women. Yep. But there was an interview that Ellen Fanning did on Radio National recently where she was talking about diversity, and the guest made the point that often when women are in the room, yes. are, are successful, they're privileged white women anyway, just like the just like the men are privileged white men. So, yes, we've got the gender thing right, but we still haven't... There's still a long way to go, even within diversity of women in positions of power. Mm -hmm. 
so this is my this is my challenge and my current passion and obsession is what can we genuinely do about it there, there was a list came out this week radiotoday.com.au did a list of the 50 most influential people in radio in Australia yes and if you started at number one and looked down the list, it was white, middle-aged man, white, middle-aged man, white, middle-aged man. I think by the time we get to number nine, you get Michelle Guthrie, who's the new mm-hmm. managing director of the ABC. So you have a woman of, of some Asian background. Yes. Great. Then you kind of go back into white, white middle-aged, middle-aged man, white, man. middle-aged man, white, yeah. middle-aged man, white, middle-aged man, white, middle-aged man. Um, 17 women, I think, on the list. In of, 50. Of 50. That's not great. No, it's not. And... Um, and I tweeted that I was... That TV we had a long is way worse, in the broadest sense, but sorry, please. No, no, no. Well, and so what do we do about it? I think that's a challenge mm. that I feel um, is on my shoulders a bit as one of the white middle-aged men. Yep. And, and, and the biggest challenge there is that some of the white middle-aged men are actually just going to have to leave in order for it mm-hmm. to be fixed, and then the system is going to have to not just replace us with more white middle-aged men, yep. but genuine. So when eventually I move on, and you know, I don't particularly see myself waking up at 3.20 in the morning for another 20 years, mm-hmm. um, I hope they don't just put another white middle-aged man into the breakfast presenting yep. show. I hope that, there's, that, that, that opportunity, the opportunity is taken. And, and we're currently... Um, looking for, I don't know whether we're looking for or whether the person's been found, but um, there are some changes happening at 6.12 in June and there'll be a new drive presenter, so Mm -hmm. between 3 and 6 in the afternoon. And there's an opportunity for us to not just put a white middle-aged man on air, but I don't know what what they're going to do. And that's just for anyone who's listening and is wondering what I mean by the the opportunities coming up. Um, Rebecca Levingston is coming back from maternity leave, Mm -hmm. but she's um, opted to present weekends because she has a young family. Uh, Emma Griffiths, who has been filling in for Rebecca, goes back to Canberra, which was always the plan. So there is an opportunity there. There's an open slot. There's an open slot for a key uh, air shift on the ABC in Brisbane. And and so that's what that's what's challenging. I'm spending a lot of time thinking about that yeah. at the moment. Is what we do about it, and it, and I'm getting into arguments with people about it because after a bottle of wine, <laughs> you bring this up with white middle aged men, and yeah. they really get their back up and yeah. say, "Who's got under your skin? Like, what's going on, Spencer?" Um, get and they want they want to shake me and say, "Don't be ridiculous." But it's all the arguments that we've had. That has kept got us to this situation, isn't it? You know, we, we and, and I was a little bit harsh on television. There are certainly pockets of TV where we're starting to see some real diversity take place. I mean, we think of people like Jeremy Fernandez, Ricardo Gonzalez, Leland Chin, um, all wonderful Australians with you know non-English speaking backgrounds. Well, Waleed Ali, Waleed Ali on Channel Ten, yeah. and all of the Logies' nightmare kerfuffle around his nomination. Uh, yes, which is. Absolute rubbish. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Christine Arnoux is now in doing nights. Yes, in Sydney. ABC Local Radio in Sydney. Yep, great. We're, I think you're right. We're starting. But it's gonna. T- it's it's like we, we can see the top of the mountain, but we're not quite there yet. And we're still pushing and it's getting heavier. And through, like through people that are, oh, but why do we need to do that? Oh, is there a quota? Um, who's got under your skin? All that sort of mm. stuff. It's It's, I think, a constant thing that we are having to be aware of in can you believe it in 2016 something we need to be aware of but mm. at least we're working towards it yeah there's i'm on the bonner committee at the abc which is um six indigenous and six non-indigenous staff members and this mm-hmm. this probably started my thinking on this so for the last two and a half years i've been sure. meeting with this committee and it's partly about indigenous employment and it's partly about about uh content and and also cultural relationships within the abc but um, one of the first Bonner meetings that I went to was in Sydney. Most of them are, are remote, so I sit here at home yep. with a headset on. But um, I went to the first one in Sydney, and they talked about there'd been a bus crash outside or near the ABC at, at Ultimo, and um, most of the passengers were um, Asian tourists, and a TV crew had gone out, an ABC TV crew had gone out to speak to passengers and had come back with the one person who was white right. I'd gone the reporter had gone straight to yeah. the white person and so it's all it's so it's all of that it's it, it's um 
and and the ABC in Sydney is is near Chinatown, and yeah. um, and what they said to me again at that first meeting: stand in the foyer of the ABC and look around. Just have a look at all the staff that are coming and going, and then walk out the front and yep. stand and look around. It's like two different countries. The ABC, uh, the ABC is, is has been described as whiter than the BBC, um, wow. and it and it is. I mean, the BBC has made much greater inroads. Yes. But this week, there's a story about the BBC introducing new diversity targets mm-hmm. around homosexual mm. and um, disability staff. And this is where it gets really tricky. I mean, for, it's, it's, it's tricky enough asking people to, to identify culturally, because sometimes people don't want to say sure. that they're indigenous. They would rather not say that. Yep. Um, how, how much trickier is it when you're wanting a certain percentage um, gay staff and and what about disability? Does that include mental illness? And do you do you expect the staff to actually disclose that they have yeah. a mental illness so that they can be part of that diversity target? I think that. Or are you just looking at physical disability in the context? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the that's um, all of that is is very interesting, and I I just can't quite see how you manage it with homosexuality or with sexuality, I should say, sexuality and disability. But culturally, um, the most obvious, and it's 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 on screen on TV, and its voices on radio. Yeah. It's it's about having fewer white, and and so what we, you know, one of the things we can do, one of the things I can do, I can't change my background, mm. but if I want to do a story about engineering, um, I can choose to speak to a white middle-aged male engineer, or yeah. I can go out of my way to find someone who is not yes the, all of those things who will be um, just as knowledgeable and just as wonderful mm. as talent but will start make the radio station start to sound a little bit more like the street outside when you go outside and have a look around yeah the 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 waspy view of the world that the media has presented in the past is very disingenuous when we when we look at australia as a nation mm and and you're right changing that is is going to take some hard decisions and some some extra work it's not impossible but it's important one of my favorite places to cycle to is the 17 mile rocks park yep. at um Jindalee or, or at cinnamon park and um i've realized that it's it's a cult that park alone is is a wonderful cultural melting pot um, it attracts in the afternoons on on weekends um, huge family groups um, of um, there'll be Muslims and people look like sort of Indian subcontinental background mm. and white groups. Now, unfortunately, they don't seem none of these groups seem to mix, but they're all they're all there. And I just slow down as I cycle through. I just I just love looking at all those all the faces. I just I, yes. I, I said to someone the other day be really cool to arrive at the 17 mile rocks park with a group of essentially white folk and and walk over to one of those other groups at, not aggressively no, but no. sort of one on one and say hi we've just come to say hi and and wouldn't it be great if you could all just sit down and sound like um John Lennon or you know Stevie Wonder and Paul McCartney <laughs> Imagine don't all I? the people ah but it's you know it is there they there they are in the park but I'm not seeing them on radio, on TV, and I'm not hearing them on, on radio. I think I'm obsessed about that at the moment. There are worse things to be obsessed by, Spencer. Yeah, I'm happy to be obsessed about it. And but it's got it has got it, obsessed is what it is. It, it has got me reading articles mm. about it and listening to podcasts and listening to interviews about about diversity and. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm enjoying it. But that's a challenge. It's a personal challenge because I'm part of the problem. And and as someone who's been in the industry for a while, and I guess I have a something of a leadership role to that I should be taking on. It's a challenge for the industry, and I, yeah. I want to see if we can what we can do about that. Godspeed, Mr. Housen. Can only do as much as you can, mm. as fast as you can. Uh, yeah, because unless you're CEO, managing director, there are other people that have to say yes to things. Mm. And, yeah, that's um, that's good. What what do you make of, um, just to quickly reflect on the the changes at the ABC with Mark Scott finishing and Michelle Guthrie coming in? Have there been any indications 
of how Ms Guthrie wants to change or, or adapt the ABC, given lots of the, the grand claims about what she's going to put ads on the ABC and stuff? First of all, I have to thank you for, in, for um, inspiring my... Uh, my comment in Mark Scott's farewell card mm. because when you interviewed Mark Scott and he said something about there'd been a lot of change over the last 10 years and there needs to be more change and he wished Michelle Guthrie well with change. Mm. So when it came, when the farewell card came around, I remember that. I thought, thank you, Mark. And I wrote, um, if there was going to be change, I'm pleased that you were there to take us through it, mm. Mr. Scott, or, or something like that. Um, and he left the building yesterday, I, I believe, for the final time. So Michelle Guthrie is the boss. I, I, there's, there's been no grand statement. She was here last week. There wasn't a speech to staff. Mark Scott was here the week before. He, he gave a speech, a farewell speech, but Michelle didn't actually sort of outline any vision. I, sure. But she's travelling around the country. I really get the sense she's just uh, really just soaking in the, the scale of the organisation and, and what we do. Um, I did hear from management that uh, there are already signs from Michelle Guthrie that she wants to reduce some of the red tape. Mm -hmm. Just some of the process to get things done within an organisation the size of the ABC. She's coming in from private enterprise and she's seeing that that maybe that can be stripped away. Sure. I mean, that's, that's very boring minutiae, um, but that's probably the, uh, the, uh, the biggest scoop I can, that I can give you on um, Michelle Guthrie's plans. Mm. The their ABC <laughs> crowd will be very happy to hear that red tape has been cut. Oh, their ABC. Well, the ABC, they, those pe people who attack the ABC do, I've got to say, they do get to you. I shouldn't admit mm. it because it only gives them more fuel. But um, we did a story yesterday morning. There was a, there was a piece in the Courier-Mail about a new councillor that Brisbane City Council has now. He's a Greens councillor. It's yes. the first time we've had a Greens councillor, Jonathan Shree. And uh, Jonathan Shree was always a, a bit of a, well, a, you know, a, pro, a lefty protester um, and, and has be, uh, is showing signs already that he's not going to change just because mm. he's going to be in council. And so he's, the Courier-Mail was saying that he is encouraging people to break the law by protesting at development sites. And so this was front page of the Courier-Mail. And we had Jonathan Shree on the program to talk about this. Sure. And straight away someone says, oh, here you are doing... This is on Twitter. Someone with no real name, just a fake name. Yep. Uh, oh, uh, here you are kicking the boot in, working for Rupert Murdoch again. I see Spencer, hash their ABC or, or hash News Corps, et cetera, et cetera. And there are mornings when I... Because we have Twitter on in front of us. TweetDeck is on in front of us yeah. in the studio, in front of me in the studio. There are mornings where I just turn that screen off. Yep. Cause I can understand. You make, you make radio, you make decisions every day to make the best radio you can on the day for the audience. And, and there's an army out there who just are dying to tear it down. Mm. They've got their little agenda. They think... That, that person obviously just thinks the ABC whatever they think, that we're doing the bidding for, for Murdoch and they'll probably, at every opportunity, flick off a similar, a similar tweet. Yeah. And there are people who say that we're pro-Labor and people who say we're pro-LNP and, yes, there are people who say both. <laughs> they, they, you know, we do have people on both sides and they just... Th these are the people who, if you say, um, the sky is blue, good morning, everyone, the sky is blue, yes. they will tweet, well, if Campbell Newman were still in power, it wouldn't be blue. I mean, you know, they're just waiting. Wow. Just waiting yeah. for, for an opportunity. See, I'm gobsmacked <laughs> about this, the, you know, work, doing the thing for News Corp's thing. Because what you just said in that situation sounded like you were doing nothing of the sort. Here's the story. Here's the counsellor. Let's talk about his response to that. How do you get anyone taking a side in that except possibly the councillor who understandably is going to have his own opinion because they're talking about him? Yeah. Well, I guess the person that said that was left-leaning and saw the Courier-Mail as being right-leaning and, of course, it's a football match, isn't it? That's how people, mm. a lot of people um, and social media has probably encouraged it, treat politics like a football match now where you're cheering for one side or the other and at every opportunity you Gentlemanly you discourse has left the political debate. Yes. And we are worse for it. Yes. Is that because the politicians have led the charge or because social media has opened the door for people to just sink the boot in and bugger off? 
Oh, well, it's interesting. Douglas Adams, um, one of my great heroes, mm. the creator of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, when the internet first came in, he uh, he did a radio show about the internet. And I've only heard some of it because it, there's a best of Douglas Adams four or six CD set that mm-hmm. I have called Douglas Adams at the BBC. And um, Douglas Adams said that one of the wonderful things about the internet coming in is that it will keep um, it will force politicians to be held to account and also that decisions will be made much faster mm. and he was saying this in a good way so he was yes. saying before the internet you you made de- the government made a decision and then it might take one or two terms of of the government to see what the impact of that decision was yes. and he was saying with the internet you'll be able to provide instant feedback to government about the decisions they've made yes. and they will be able to make decisions faster I don't think Douglas Adams could have envisaged the true impact of that. It's led that has led to us having, whatever it is, five prime ministers in five years, yeah. where it's all sped Possibly up. Possibly six so, and six. That's right. It's all sped up so so fast now, um, and 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 just the sheer access to politicians and to the media, thanks to social. Twitter and, and Facebook, uh, it's made it's brought out that crankiness. It's made the politicians hyper reactionary. Yes, and I'm falling out of love with social media. Mm. I loved Twitter when it started, and Twitter especially. I have I've come close a couple of times this year, and especially in the lead up to your coming today, when I knew you were going to read out my Twitter. Bio. <laughs> yes. I, I've come close to, but haven't yet, putting 20th Year 612 Brisbane last year on Twitter. I'm, yep. I'm close to saying at the end just of this year, this I'm it. just turning it off. Yep. Because it's not giving me the joy that it did back in 08, 09 when we all started and it mm. was a, just a, pre a the community. Floods. Yeah, pre, pre floods. That's right, pre floods, pre mulkies. Yep. Because that's, uh, a, that's a line in the sand, full stop, <laughs> isn't it? The Mulkies, gosh. Well, Simon Band... Long may when, they rain. Uh, when Simon Band was on here, he, he fondly remembered the... Uh, well, was it fondly? Because he talked about being put on after the comedian. <laughs> but I think really he, he was fondly remembering the Mulkies. And, and you had Heath Carney on, who was official photographer at the Mulkies. Yep. And although he didn't talk about that, I don't think, in, in the, the Humans of Twitter podcast... Um, listening to both of those podcasts recently did yeah bring back fond memories of the of the Malkies and and it was the the Malkies when they when you first started the Malkies um, um, and and Twitter was starting uh, it was a joyous time mm. for oh. people to meet new people we met yep. because of Twitter I'm, yes. I, I'm convinced of it um, so many people that I, I I met and and have remained friends with that I met in those first few years of Twitter I don't know do do you think Steve, that when people join Twitter now, so they're where we w- were in 08, 09, mm. are they enjoying Twitter like we did then? Is it, is it that you gather too many followers and you follow too many people and the experience changes? Or has Twitter changed? I, I definitely think that as you grow a follower and following base, it, it, becomes, it can become quite combative. And certainly I would think for someone like you who is in the public eye and and has used Twitter so well in the past to feed into the local radio context uh, that I, I can understand some of the stuff that you would see and how it has changed. I saw someone say the other day that if your experience of Twitter is becoming more difficult or you're, you know, you're second-guessing whether or not you should be involved, their advice was just to recurate your feed. Just have a look at who you're following and be brutal about mm. who you cull. And, and I totally understand that. I think that that experience... If I was to start a new Twitter account, because I need another one, mm-hmm. um, I would absolutely cherry-pick who's in my list right now and probably come away with less than 1,000 people, which would significantly change the conversation. Now, I, through the nature of what I do, have a very broad following people that I follow list because I'm trying to catch TV information and people that are involved in TV yep. and that sort of thing. But then there's also people that I've collected along the way that have either shared viewpoints with me that I agree with, that I find interesting, and even some people that I have collected that I don't necessarily agree with, 
however we can have that discourse which is pleasant as an outcome we respect each other and and we can say hey look i think you're out of line or i don't agree with you on this there'll be a to and fro but at the end of the day it's not your mother wears army boots and i'm out of there um i think for new people coming in it can be really tough particularly now because there are so many faceless egg only accounts that are just there to be angry just there to hide who people really are yes so that they can lay in on whatever the thing is that they disagree with and do it without retribution. I think that's what it... I don't know... So I've got uh, 30,000 followers, I, I think. Like, it's just shot up in the last year. Mm. And um, and I'm not sure why it's shot up like from 10 to 30 in the last year. Maybe... I think Nikki's theory was that Twitter, when you get to a certain number of followers and you've got the blue tick, it suggests you to other people. Definitely, and yes. And so that might be why. Um, but... I do. Th- I now think carefully about every single tweet mm. because someone will jump on me if I yeah. get something wrong. Oh, I can imagine. And, Gosh. and that just takes the joy out. I mean, the great thing about I still enjoy just lying on the couch here and just reading Twitter, just scrolling yep. through and reading Twitter because the beauty of Twitter is the people you follow is a separate list to the people who follow you. Yes. And so I don't automatically, I've never automatically followed people. And so I like. And I'm interested in all the people that I follow. Facebook, by contrast, mm. I was, until two months ago, I was saying yes to everyone who wanted to be my friend. I was treating it like Twitter. Yep. And Facebook, I just didn't want to look at then because I was yeah. seeing children at the beach Things. of who? I don't know who you are. Yeah. I said yes to being your friend. I guess you're a listener, but I don't want to see pictures of your five-year-old in a bikini at the beach and so over the easter weekend i defriended 1400 people which Ooh. felt great wow <laughs> um and that left me then with about 500 i think so i probably yeah. started with close to 2000 friends and now facebook is a nice place much to more the joyous stuff you want to see yeah and now most people that have asked to be my friend. In fact, I think everyone that has asked to be my friend since Easter, I've said no because I don't know who they are. Yeah. And Unless so it was someone that you knew. Yeah, but I think I already knew them. You know, yeah. like most people that I know, I already know on Facebook. And uh, and that's made Facebook actually a more joyous place for me. Well, they're two, at the risk of stating the obvious, they're two very different social media platforms, aren't they? Because Twitter has that 140 character limit. It's about, here's a link and this is what it is as to why you would want to read it. Here's, a, here's an image Here's some stuff during breaking news. Twitter is the place to be, particularly if you follow some journos, goodness me, uh, or jump on hashtags because you can then start to see all of the, the information come in and play through. And, uh, and as much as it can be fairly broad initially, we're still gathering information, it course corrects pretty quickly. Yes. Uh, and if you jump into an event that started half an hour ago, you'll pretty much be sure you'll get close to a lot of the right information at that point. Whereas Facebook, because of its bloody algorithm, that aside, it's, it's, it will just blurt stuff at you from the people that you follow and have friended. And it's different because it can be grandiose 70-paragraph statements. It can be, here's eight pictures that we took camping yesterday. Um, here's an article that I found on such and such, or hey, here's this horrible person on the internet doing something. How about we all hate it together? And the comment, oh my god, they talk about never reading never the, comments read the comments on on news like on news sites. Yes, don't read the comments on Facebook, particularly if it's something that you think. And I'm not sure I like this to start with. Yeah, but see, I've taken uh, with Facebook. I don't follow any sites. I don't follow news sites on Facebook. I so I, I started out with Facebook saying I'm not going to click like on any sites yep. because I was concerned about it looking like an endorsement uh, being sure. that I work for the ABC. So I don't like any airlines. I don't like any soft drink companies. I still see their stuff. You because must get it, very vanilla ads on Facebook. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, I get ads because it tells me which of my friends like that particular soft drink oh, and that's course. why I've yeah, got, yeah, yeah. got the ad. But I don't see a lot of news. What I see on Facebook is, and if there were a breaking news story, I would never go straight to Facebook. That that I would still do on Twitter. Yeah. But I'm at least seeing what my friends and family are doing now. And, you know, there's almost an expectation when you catch up with someone now, you don't really spend the 
beginning of the conversation asking what they've been up to do you you, you mm. you're meant to know you meant you start with yeah. um, so you went to the beach on the weekend saw those photos on facebook that's how so many conversations start now how good it? was your holiday what did you with the something something yeah yeah yeah. except you you sh- you're meant to kind of have already know the answer wow <laughs> small talk is dead spencer Housen. yeah yeah Sorry. <laughs> 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 see what i did there that's absolutely perfect but i still love i still prefer twitter to instagram i don't get i've i've put three photos up on instagram in the one year that i've been on there mm. nikki said you've got to get on instagram yep and so i put a picture up of some food one of my favorite simplest of all meals at lunchtime when i'm driving home pick up some chips from a chicken shop yep heat up some baked beans and put them on top of the chips beans on chips I mean, it's it's straight out of an English cafe. Very. You know, egg, beans, spam, <laughs> chips. Yes. Um, so that was my first Instagram photo, and I've put a couple of others up, but I don't... Yeah. I'm, so something... I guess that all that means I'm not probably going to quit Twitter at the end of the year. I still I still mm-hmm. like Twitter. I still hold it dear, but it it's not as joyous as it once yes. was. Mm. But it's brother. a wonderful... Um, means of direct communication with people, as is Facebook. Yep. Um, messaging on Facebook, it, it's one of the ways that, like, we're, it, back in the day mm. when we wanted to uh, find someone to talk to on our program, you'd go to the phone. You know, there might be a story uh, about John John Brown in the newspaper, and you wanted to get John Brown yes. on your show. Someone would have to ring all the Jay Browns in that particular oh. part of Brisbane. You'd go through the phone book and the one John after Brown another. Such and such. Now, um, so so much uh, quicker than that. You just go to generally Facebook and you'll find a photo and you'll know it's the right John Brown. You send them a message and they'll get back to you very quickly. So I am thankful and Twitter and for Twitter and Facebook for making everyone contactable. See, that's a nice use of Facebook from the media. The bad ones are when such and such was arrested, blah blah blah, or something happens and they've passed on. And then you get excerpts from their Facebook site posted, like on the news. Nah, there's some lines, and I. It, it's well, okay. security versus knowledge, and do we really need to hear that other people are sad that someone died, and their their Facebook post shown on the news? Hmm. See, I would say, and this is probably Nikki, who worked in TV news for twenty mm. years, and so she's you know she's someone who. Makes that call. Well, she used to. I mean, she before she was on Facebook, she had a fake Facebook account, just an account on Facebook so that she could find pictures of people who might have been in an accident or, or what have you because that's yes. what you do. Um, if you just got to remember, if you have put it online, even if you have it on Facebook and you think you have it as locked down as you possibly can, you've published it. Do not ever put anything online yeah, that you don't want on the front page of the Courier Mail. Somebody knows someone to be able to get to it. Or they Google Images is an amazing crawl bot. Oh, you put if you've never done it, put do search on yourself in Google Images. It's remarkable. Yeah, don't do it for me. There's remarkable. some pretty amazing photos. Really? Let me tell you. Any of the two of us? Um, I don't know. Maybe only are. from the Mulkies, Maybe. Yeah. And they only probably would have come off Heath's. Yeah, that's right. Archive of it. Mm. Spencer, what are you going to achieve in the next twelve months? I'll give you a radio one, which is terribly boring, and probably if I say it, it won't happen. Um, and that is that I have the potential at the end of this year to achieve my 50th survey at number one. Excellent. Yes. But that relies on winning eight straight this year. So that's, <laughs> that's not going to happen. It's ha- that's happened once. It probably won't happen again. Um, I'm going to so- do a week of programs, and we haven't organized it this yet. This is sort of a little bit dream but it'll happen mm. especially if I say it yes we're going to do a week of programs cycling up the Brisbane Valley Rail Trail yes and so this is combining radio with cycling and we'll start in I guess um, Esk and or Fernvale and work our way up the Brisbane Valley yes um, over five mornings with all the gear on our backs yep because you can do that now 1997 um, I did the breakfast program from Birdsville and we had to take two trucks out wow. with satellite gear in. And now I could do the program in broadcast quality with Off phones. mobile phone, with that thing, mobile phone and a microphone. Yeah. And so there's no reason why we can't do this. So my producer Bernie and I are going to cycle up the Brisbane Valley Rail Trail. It's her idea and um, 
I don't know how much cycling is involved, but I'm out there doing <laughs> 20K some yes. afternoons, 40K some other afternoons. Mm. And I'm not saying that we're going to cycle literally while talking. Maybe the last 10 minutes of each show, we'll sort of set off at 7.30 and, and do that. Um, but that's what I want to achieve in the next 12 months. Sooner than 12 months. I want to do that during the cooler months that are ahead. I don't want to be sure. doing that in December or January. So July or August, maybe. Yeah. When we, yeah, when we have that day of winter. Mm, that's right. So that's a very, um, maybe that's a boring thing to want to achieve as well. But um, I, like, I like the romance of that. Um, I, I, love, like, I, I love the country. I know that's not really true country. I love mm. Western Queensland. We're hoping to do a week of programs from Western Queensland as well this year uh, in July. I just love it out there. Yeah. Love it. I love the distances. I love driving out there. And um, I, I just think that'll be a great week cycling for a week yep. not coming I mean I could drive home every day but not just and I don't know whether we're going to stay at listeners houses or have tents or stay in being I don't know what we haven't really put the detail on the bone yet but that's what yep. I want to do yeah I think Airbnb, be mate, they'd have to be um, yeah I suppose so I've not I've not dipped my toes in that particular app um, as I haven't dipped my toes in a particular ride sharing app yet as well <laughs> this digital disruption it's disrupting I'm, I'm, everything. I'm a little, yes, I'm a little um, sceptic, not sceptical. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit old-fashioned with some things. I still would rather call a taxi than use a ride-sharing app. Spencer, thank you for the chance to chat today. No worries. Um, please know the things that you've said are very special and you're highly valued. I really appreciate our time together. Thank you, Steve. Are there any other social accounts? We know you're on Twitter. Are there any other social accounts you want to alert people to, like, say, your underused Instagram account? <laughs> um, now, what am I called on, Insta- on Instagram? I think Chips I might... Chips and Beans. Chips and Beans. I think I'm Spencer House and Brisbane on mm. Instagram. On Reddit, I'm Spencer House and Briz. Reddit's a very good source of stories. I can imagine. They think they're a little secret society. A bit like us on Twitter in 08. <laughs> And it's not, I can tell the Reddit people, it's not just the Brisbane Times that monitors Reddit and, st- and steals stories. We, we all do it. Mm. Um, and uh, and you, can, you can ask to be my friend on Facebook. Try your luck. <laughs> <laughs> Given your admission earlier no. that you've friended nobody okay, since Easter, okay, that could don't. be just a well of nothing. Yeah, don't do that. But uh, on, yeah, on Twitter, Spencer House, and that's, that's, where, that's where you'll find most of my stuff. We have so much more to talk about. We've barely scratched the house and surface. Another time. Have you had anyone on twice yet? Not yet. <laughs> so far, we are repeat free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though there is at least one I have planned, provided I can get to LA Podfest this year. Okay. But that's the beauty of this podcast is that we can I can repeat whoever I want, whenever I want. Yes, yes, yes. Just because the nature is that it's what's happened since we lasted something. Yes, that's right. I'm dying to hear you say that I'm human. It's coming. <laughs> Sorry. This has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Spencer Housen is indeed human. Woo! Shoots and scoops. <laughs>